0: I'm Pastor David, one of the teachers here at Door Creek Church. Thank you so much for joining us here online today. It is certainly an honor to be able to come to you and to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and for us to be wherever it is that we're settled in, to hear and to join in and to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. It is such a blessing to have this medium, uh, to be able that when we can't come to the physical building, we're able to virtually online to connect and still worship the Lord together. Um, It's a a thing to be thankful for because uh, when people are prohibited from coming to the house of God, we understand that God's spirit is not not, um, tied to a building. It's tied to our hearts. It's in our hearts. And so it's an honor to be able to to do that and to, to share with you. I was thinking about, the crisis that we're going through right now with the COVID-19 and coronavirus that has caused us to sort of live in a new norm. I was thinking that if what would Jesus do today, if Jesus were alive today, would he be on social media ministering to his disciples and to his people? I think yes. And I think Jesus will probably be on Twitter, not Facebook, but probably Twitter. And I say Twitter because he's a tweet savior. He's a tweet savior. He's tweet. I know. And all of those things. So I think he would tweet to us these things that he wants us to know. And so we're going to be looking here at our our series, We're going to be continuing our series that together finding the greater joy and talking about the secret to contentment. All right. The secret to contentment. As Paul writes his letter, continue to tweet to the church in Philippi. He is encouraging them but he's also showing gratitude for what they have done for him. So we're going to be looking at the scripture from um, Philippians chapter 4. But before we get there, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today to continue to be obedient to the things that have been told to us so that we can remain safe. Be careful, be prayerful, because the spirit of God helps us in our prayers with groanings that cannot be uttered. Be watchful and be hopeful. Be full of hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So please remain hopeful. We're going to make it through this. God is on our side. And so I entitled this message, God Provides. So hope is necessary, isn't it? Hope is necessary. Say amen. Hope is necessary. It's necessary for the operation of our faith. Hebrews 11, one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope is necessary for the operation of our faith. Hope is not ignoring what's going on or happening around us. Hope is not based on what we see. But Paul told the church in Rome, we don't hope for that which we see. We hope for what we don't see. So I want you to be encouraged for the hope that we have In Jesus Christ, for the hope that we have in God and the hope that he is with us and he's going to provide for us. So let's look at it. Hope is preparation for what God is doing and going to do. So let's look at that in Philippians chapter four. We're going to start in verse 10. Please grab your Bibles wherever you are. I know most of you probably have iPods, iPhones, iPads or your eyeglasses. Please grab them at this time. Paul tweets here to the church at Philippi. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed or re-upped your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. All right. So I like the title this. Trusting God through my experiences has taught me to be content. Trusting God through my experiences has taught me to be content. Paul starts off, I rejoice greatly in that the Lord, that you at last. Now, look, at he uses that word at last, not, in say, not saying that finally you re-upped your support. No, he is saying that at last you renewed your concern for me. He said, indeed, you were always concerned, but you didn't have the opportunity. How frustrating it must be to want to give or to want to help someone, but don't have the opportunity. Our prayer should be, Lord, you have provided for me. You have supplied for me. Help me, Lord, now with the opportunity to bless someone else. So Paul is rejoicing and he's glad because the church at Philippi has re-upped their support. They are now supporting Paul again, not because they didn't want to. He already acknowledges you had the desire, but you didn't have the opportunity. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. I'm not trying to butter you up. I'm not trying to say all of these good things about you because I'm in need. Because listen, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. Paul says, listen, I know I've been through it. I've been up. I've been down. I've been in. I've been out. I've been hot. I've been cold. I've been criticized. I've been praised. I've been patted on the back. I've been stabbed in the back. He says, I know many circumstances that I have been in, but I've learned to be content. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Now, that's hard. That every situation that Paul has been through some situations, he's been in prison, he's been beaten, he's been talked about, and he's learned the secret of being content. He says, whether I'm well fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I've been through them all. I've experienced it all, but it all comes back that I'm thankful and I'm grateful to God. And I know that God will provide because he's got me. He's got my back. He's holding me up. He's concerned about me. He loves us. He loves you. God loves you. So Paul said, whatever your circumstances, know that God is with you. Know that God loves you. Know that God will provide for you. And I can imagine the church at Philippi wondering, to Paul, how do you do this? How do you accomplish this? How do you get to that mentality that in every situation that you're in, you're content? Paul said, I couldn't do it on my own, just like you can't do it on your own. But he says to us in verse 13, I can do all things. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. So his second tweet is entitled with his strength. I can do all things with his strength. I can do all things with his strength. You can do all things. Now, if you're trying to do something and you don't have his strength, you can't do it. We can only do it with his strength because with God, nothing is impossible. With man, we know we face a lot of impossibilities. So with his strength, so we're in a new norm right now. We're living in a new norm. We're living with different rules now. We're living with some, some differences and we, we're, we're forced to, to live in a certain way for a time because of this virus. And so you might be wondering, it's going to be hard for me to live in isolation and quarantine. I want you to know you can do this. You might be thinking it's going to be hard to do social distancing six feet from my friends and my loved ones and my families. You can do this. You might be saying teaching my kids at home, homeschooling my kids, being their teacher. I don't know. You can do this. You might be thinking being home all day with my spouse. I don't know if I can do this. You can do this. Not eating and socializing with my friends and going out. You can do this. Missing a graduation, missing your own graduation not being able to to put your loved ones away and have a funeral or have a wedding that you planned for many months and many years. How can I make it through this? You can do it because God gives you strength. Hallelujah. God will strengthen you if you are willing. He is able. You can do this. So Paul encouraged him. He said, I can do all of this through Christ who gives me strength. He gives me the strength to do it. So instead of me focusing on what I can't do, I'm going to focus on what God can do. He can do it and he is doing it. He's working and he's moving on our behalf right now. God is revealing some things through this crisis that we probably thought we could never, ever do. Some of us are studying his word more. Some of us are more devotional now. Some of us are spending more time with our loved ones now. Some of us are taking more walks. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Right. Is that what the word says? The virus is not good, but God can use it for our good. So remain hopeful. Remain grateful. Continue to have confidence That God is with you and know that whatever you are experiencing, God's got your back. Paul goes on, verse 14, and I would uh, um, title this tweet. God has more than enough for you. God has more than enough for you. It goes verse 14. He said, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintances with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. So Paul is acknowledging them. He says, When you were exposed to the gospel early on and, and, and began to partner with me, he says over in Macedonia, he said, You were the only one that helped me. I acknowledge that, and I thank you for that. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Again, he's acknowledging. Thank you. Not that I desire your gifts. OK, now this is kind of a... what is Paul talking about now? He's thanking them and he's saying, thank you for your gifts. And now he's saying, not that I desire your gifts. Well, this is what Paul is saying. He says, I'm not I'm not um, harboring on what I need. I'm not harboring on what I don't have. What I am focusing on is what I want God to do through you who are blessing me. He says, not that I have desire for your gifts. He said, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Glory to God. Listen to Paul. He's not even thinking about himself now. He's talking about what I desire It's not so much a gift that I need, but but God would bless you because you have opportunity and you are using that opportunity to bless me. I want more to be credited to your account. See, the secret of contentment is when you stop focusing on yourself and you look at what someone else needs. It's when you pay it forward or you pray it forward. When you begin to look at the needs of others, when you begin to exalt the other's needs and forget about yourself. Now, I'm not saying you neglect yourself. I'm saying you begin to pray for others. And when you pray for others, God will then hear your heart and God will then bless you. So Paul says, I want more to be credited to your account. He said, because, listen, I have received full payment and I have more than enough. My cup is running over. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied. See, God is doing exceedingly and abundantly above that which I'm able to ask or think. Why is Paul receiving this? Why, why can't I have this, Paul? Why isn't this happening to me, Paul, you might be asking? Well, the secret to contentment is have confidence in God that he will provide, having a grateful heart that God will provide, have faith that God will provide. Don't complain because the opposite of contentment is complaining. So don't complain. Now, I'm not saying ignore everything and like nothing's happening in case or and just walk as though, you know, you're living in a different world. But what I'm saying, have your heart set on things that are of God, because God will bring us out. He will bring us through. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, he said they are fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, pleasing to God. They are a sacrifice offered that's pleasing to God. He we talk, we talked about that prayer, that our prayer is like a, 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 a sacrifice. And he talks about that in Romans. It says that a sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. He talks about our prayers being like a, 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 a savor, a, a, an odor that's pleasing to God in the heavens. So Paul is saying your help, Your support, your love has helped me when no one else would. And so now I'm not focusing on my need. I'm focusing on your need. What happens when we feel like we're giving too much? What happens when we feel like we don't have it to give, even though we want to give? What happens when we begin to think that if I give it, I might neglect some other things? Well, I can imagine that the church of Philippi Could have individuals could have thought these things. What if we give, what would we have? And Paul said in verse 19, he said, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory. Whoo, listen to that. My God. Now, Paul is promoting God. He's promoting the name of God. He's not saying that he's not promoting people or anybody. He's promoting God. He says, my God will meet all your needs, every single one of your needs, not your greed, but your needs. God provides for the needy, not the greedy. My God shall meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory. Now, we're going to talk about the riches of God's glory. We're going to talk about the riches of what he has. Listen, Romans um, uh, is it Romans eleven thirty three says, "Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The depths you can't search it, you can't enumerate it, you can't figure it out. God's riches are deep. God's riches are wide. God's riches are high. You cannot figure it out." He says, "Oh, the depth." of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And here Paul is saying that my God will supply your needs according to his riches of his glory, according to the riches of his glory, or well, the riches of his grace, the riches of his peace. The richness of his power, the richness of his love, the riches of his strength, God will provide. Hallelujah. God will meet your need. I know it seems scarce sometimes. I know it seems like everything is falling all around you and chaos walls are, are coming in. But God will supply. Trust in him. Trust in the living God. Believe and depend on him. He's going to see us through this. He's with us. God provides. And Paul, he says the depth of of his riches. He said this to the Roman church now, the depths of his riches. God's source. Listen, God is our source. Amen. Say amen. God is our source. Your job is not your source. Your paycheck is not your source. Even the food pantries are not your source. Unemployment is not your source. God is our source. Now, God provides resources to meet our needs. If we look to the resources, we will be let down. But if we look to the source who provides the resources, we will be confident that we're going to be all right. God is the source. He provides the resources. God's resources are not affected by the pandemic. God's resources have not all of a sudden gone out the window because of the pandemic. God's resources are still viable. God's riches are not affected by the stock market. No matter how much it goes up or it crashes, it doesn't affect God's riches. It doesn't affect God's resources. He's God. The same. Yesterday, forevermore, he never lies. He never fails. If he said it, he's going to do it. God is not man that he should lie. Hallelujah. He said, I will supply your needs. And God's supply is always greater than our need. His supply will always outdo our demand. And we demand a lot of things, especially now. But God will never come up short. His supply is plenteous. His supply is countless. It's priceless. You can't price it. You can't numerate. it. You can't count it. God's supply lasts forever. And God, we thank you so much. God, we just give you a praise. We just take a pause right now to say, Lord, thank you Thank you for not letting us down. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for providing for us. Even when things don't go our way, God, we thank you for being God, a God we can trust, a God we can love, a God who never turns us away, a God who holds us and shows us grace and mercy. So we take this pause right now, wherever we are, and we say, God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we give you all the glory in Christ's name. Thank you for being for us, God. Thank you for being on our side. Let me finish this up here. So God's great riches, God's great blessings are here for us. And we are truly a blessed people. Paul ends this chapter here in this letter with a conclusion, he says, greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. Of course, today and, and this time when we greet each other, we are now greeting each other from a distance. Uh, we're not even doing elbow bumps really that much or fist bumps. We are just six feet away saying, hey, so we greet you. Paul says, greet God's people in Christ Jesus. He didn't tell you how to do it, but greet them. He says, the brothers and sisters who are with me. Send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. This is how Paul ends it. He's talking about greeting. Now, Paul goes goes all the way when you look at uh, um, earlier chapters in this letter that Paul Right. So he's talking about rejoicing. He's talking about thanksgiving. He's talking about think on things that are good. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So he tells us where to have our mind. And then he comes and he's and he's still showing gratitude to the Philippi church. But he's stressing that you will face many needs in your life, people of God. Or even if you're a non-believer and you're listening here today. We all have to live life. Life brings us good. Life brings us bad. Life brings us light. Life brings us darkness. It brings us ups. It brings us downs. It brings us health. It brings us sickness. That's life. If you are living life and you don't know Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you're missing out on having that help, having that strength, having that hope. We need hope. Hope is like having a a, a pantry that's stocked and ready in case something happens. It's having those canned goods and those water bottles and that alcohol, the green alcohol, rubbing alcohol. Have it. Be hopeful. Have your pantry stocked that if something happens, I know I serve a savior. So. Give your life to Jesus. Encourage Your loved ones, people of God who don't know Jesus Christ to give their heart to Jesus. The devil. I don't like to talk about the devil much. so I just mentioned him this once, but because I want you to know that the devil has nothing new for us. There's nothing new under the sun. The devil brings the same things to us. Just rewarmed. No new temptations. It's kind of like the telemarketers that call you about your warranty, your extended car warranty or your health insurance. They call with the same message. The devil has the same message. But sometimes they try to trip you up because they call from a different number. The devil comes with the same thing. He just might be coming from a different number. He might be calling you from a different number. Don't fall to his tricks. He has nothing new. I want to let you know that we are stronger than we know. We are more resilient than we realize. We are overcomers and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Don't give up. Keep living. Keep loving. Keep laughing. Keep spending time with your family. Don't get stressed. And I know that's easier said than done. So please don't 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 take it and I'm saying, oh, just don't be stressful. I know, I know it's easier said than done. But I pray that God will give you the strength to stand the test that we are going through right now. And remember, God will provide. He will provide. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, And you're listening today, wherever you are. The Bible in Romans 3.23, he tells us for. We all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us, we are all guilty of it until we come to repentance. He tells us in Romans 5.8. That God commended his love toward us. He demonstrated his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul tells us again in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then he tells us in Romans 10.13, hallelujah. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, hallelujah, shall be saved. Regardless of what you've done, or even what you're doing right now, your past, no prerequisites, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today, will you call on him? Will you pray this prayer with me today and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm gonna ask you to repeat these words as we pray Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice over one soul that comes to our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and may the Lord continue to be with you. God will provide.